This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Joy Challenge. Discover the ancient secret to experiencing worry-defeating, circumstance-defying happiness. Written by pastor and best-selling author Randy Frazee and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hey, I'm Chris, and Adam and I recorded this first season of the Device and Virtue podcast exclusively for our friends. Now that's you too, so enjoy our first attempt at arguing about tech and faith. Oh, and find our newest episodes at deviceandvirtue.com. Our grandparents met because they lived in the same neighborhood. Today we meet because we're on the same app. From dating scenes to dating screens, this is Device and Virtue. Hello, it is the Device and Virtue podcast, Christian thinking about technology and the church. And today we are talking about Aziz Ansari's book, Modern Romance, the comedian guy, but it's a lot about technology. And I am Chris. I am here with Adam from Chicago. Adam, how's it going? It's going well. It is uh, great to be back and talking about Aziz Ansari today. Seriously. I'm excited. And it is summer in Chicago. It's feeling good. Feels It always feels good, summer in Chicago. You it's know, a different this, place. This garden, our, our studio, we're going to call it our studio window. Okay? Yes. Okay, our studio window, this garden out here is pretty great. Uh, there's a swan out there. There's a there's a statue of a swan. Is that a swan? I I it's it's like yeah maybe a white swan. Because I want to admit that I have maybe it's a white goose. It's a goose. I think it's maybe. definitely a goose. And the thing about the goose is that it has no head, <laughs> which we just realized. And the head is sitting. Well, no, We've you looked, realized. I've sat next to this. Let's call it the studio mm, window again uh, for a long time. And have yeah. never noticed that the goose's head is laying next yeah. to the goose itself. At least at least it's still around. You know. The head, I mean. No, it's true. It's impressive. But so the head, head is definitely not on the body. So and we, then there's Mardi Gras beads around the neck of the <laughs> there, there goose. Are, there are Mardi Gras beads. Uh, so we have a headless Mardi Gras duck guarding the um, guarding the garden outside our studio. So that should really our, frame what we're This is in our neighbor's today. yard. It's, it's true. Oh, man. Uh, that's not a good way to start, but I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about um, the book. And so this is Adam. This is your thing today. So what'd you bring? Yeah, Aziz Ansari, Modern Romance. Uh, friends recommended this book uh, to me a while ago, and they know me because uh, they're like, Adam, you're going to love this book. And indeed, I did. Um, if you know Aziz, he is uh, a comedian, and he starred on the NBC show Parks and Recreation. Parks and Rec, yep. And uh, and then more recently, he did uh, a Netflix series called Master of None. It's pretty good. Um, so Aziz comedian, you wouldn't really expect him to write a book on modern romance, but here he did. And actually, uh, he got together with an NYU sociology professor, a guy named Eric Kleinenberg, and they got together and they spent like two years, uh, interviewing people, researching for this book, uh, finding all these statistics, uh, really kind of making a very interesting uh, sociology book about um, romance in the digital age where uh, people are, you know, um, using Facebook to find 
dates, they're using online dating, they're using uh, cell phones to communicate um, for better or worse with each other, right. um, p- potential uh, mates and so forth. Um, so, you know, he really starts, uh, he goes back and he, he goes to this uh, old people's home. And, yeah, this was cool. And, and he, uh, he's just like asking them about their marriages. And a lot of these people grew up in the 1930s and 40s and they were talking about how they met their mates and like they met their mates like and they lived within blocks of each other or miles of each other or like in the same apartment building right like like yeah it's crazy yeah so like they would meet someone and it was very geographically oriented right they just met someone nearby and got married this guy's nearby yeah guess it'll work out yeah six six months later they're married and how foreign that is to us today. Like today, Absolutely. you might be dating somebody across the country um, or moving across the country to to find somebody or um, you're online, dating, whatever. There's so many different ways. It's it's just the, the geographic component has changed a lot. And so um, where geography played a big part before, now the internet and social media is playing a huge part. And so he kind of really unpacks a lot of those dynamics in this book, Modern Romance, and uh, and it was just a fascinating, super fast read. Uh, it's super good, actually. Yeah, you read or you listened to it on an audio. The audio, the book, audio right? version where Aziz Ansari and yeah, he's funny, right? He's, he's a comedian, so he reads his own book. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I loved this thing. I can't. You made me read it, and I thought it's just going to be about dating, right? But it's really all about culture and technology and all the things that you and I are interested yeah, in, along with absolutely. the dating. Uh, and, and yeah, this, the research component is huge. Like they have some new data in there that just hasn't been published. So it's like, but it doesn't read like an academic, yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't read academic at all. You have Aziz, uh, doing his humor. And if you know Aziz, um, this is not a Christian book. Uh, it's, you know, he drops the F bomb and there's some sexually explicit like humor in there. So know, know that going in, but it's still just a fascinating really interesting read and i think it's a good um picture of what our culture is like with dating and and mating today yeah and just how our relationships are changing with technology totally so you brought like what four different topics or something yeah so there's uh there's a lot in this book and it, it was so interesting to read we're uh gonna dive into one chapter chapter six and uh and really kind of touch on four things um just like um does does your partner have the right to like read stuff on your cell phone like do mm. they do they have a right to access your cell phone in some way um does uh do smartphones and and social media make it easier to cheat on the person you're with um or more likely um and then mm-hmm. like a uh, kind of a hot button topic that's kind of taboo um sexting yes. you know that 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 whole issue and that and that question and how that plays into relationships and then and then just like the whole breaking up how does how, how do you break up in the digital era when you have a smartphone do you, you just text them you just text them right <laughs> um but like what how does that change our communication patterns so see ya yeah so th- those are the sort of questions that we're going to talk about so i want to start with just like talking about our our smartphones so obviously our smartphones are just like part of what the internet is today and that's really a big way that we interact um with other people through the internet on our on these computers in our pocket so 
And I find that it's really personal. Our, our smartphones are really personal. And so do our, our partners, our significant others, have, have any sort of right to know what's on our smartphones? What do you think? Well, it's fascinating how you even phrase that, like a okay. right. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting, right? I'm like, I mean, my answer is like, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but, but I don't like the word right at all. Okay. So how would you phrase it? Well, isn't it about, it's like, does my partner have the right to know about me? Okay. Yes. I, okay. I, you know, I hope so, but it'd be, a, it's weird to frame it in terms of rights. Isn't it about like a relationship? And I was thinking about this and it's so much about, yeah, it's about trust and knowledge hmm. and, you know, knowledge and love have a component that goes together, you know, like, so we can't love what we don't know. Right. And so the, the, um, the increase, like to love better, increasing a knowledge happens too so this is how mm-hmm. this is what our relationship is about getting to know someone we say okay but getting to know someone through their smartphone is not getting to know them as they're divulging themselves as they're you know um revealing who they are to you that's like um they're not using their smartphone thinking oh my my significant other is gonna gonna read this or or look at this um and so i need to be thinking about that they're they're like this is my personal thing and they're not they're not saying like yeah this is who i am to whoever they're dating or or well and i guess yeah so what you're saying is someone with. like that like when you're getting to know someone they're choosing to reveal things about themselves right. over time it's it's maybe. it's a conscious decision where yeah. whereas with your smartphone it's sort of this passive thing where they're um yeah they're just not that's not the context in which they're using their smartphone. Okay, well, that's actually put a pin in that because, dang it, I agree with that. Uh, I, mean, I think but, I'm using your own arguments you, against you in this case. You might yeah. be. Well, because what you're talking I mean, about is I have this privacy, whole, right? Those, right. You those know, things are. You know, I have this whole thing about contextual integrity of privacy, like that's that right. Helen Nissenbaum privacy theory stuff. So that's, uh, but that the idea that the context where we share something, right. if it gets ripped out of that context, that's sort of a violation of privacy. Right. So if you share something with some friends on Facebook and suddenly your boss grabs it and you didn't expect that, right. that feels really jarring, right. feels like a violation of privacy to us. Exactly. Um, and so you're sort of saying, hey, like, if I grab my uh, partner's uh, phone and check it out, like, that's not what they're expecting for that. So even though they might have told me that if I asked them or something in a different way, like uh-huh. that's not the expectation of that, I guess. Right. I, I think that's part of it. I, but like in reality, if I'm hanging out with uh, my girlfriend or my wife or my husband or whatever, then and 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 their smartphone's just laying on the coffee table and it pops up with a text message. How do you not like just kind of glance at it and oh, I think check you read it and who's then, it from? And you read it and then you reply to it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's so like one question we should ask, we should get people to tell us um if they have their spouse's uh code. Oh yeah. Because I've seen a lot of couples that, that know yeah. each other, almost everybody knows each other's yeah. codes. Like you know that's true, right? Right. Because you need to grab it. And so, I mean, I'm wondering yeah. how many spouses They're like, don't. oh, can you check my phone for me or whatever the case is. Wouldn't yeah. you think it's weird if a spouse didn't know their Oh, yeah, for code? sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah, it'd feel like they're holding something back or hiding something. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely kind of that transparency aspect to it. But it's so maybe we distinguish between transparency and intimacy, right? 
So like the transparent, so well, yeah. the transparency is like, I'm willing to give you my code, my access code, so I, you can get in my phone. That's transparency. But intimacy is sort of saying, is telling the other person about you. Right? That, Not sure, That's right? a half-baked no, I, thought, no, I think. I hear, no, I hear what you're going towards. Uh, I really do think, and actually, as we're talking, I'm realizing that we've said like either like your girlfriend or your spouse. And I do like my answer, yes, of course, you would have access to that. I was thinking sort of spouses for sure. So I guess yeah. also there's this other idea that I do think you're progressively getting to know somebody. Sure. And then like with a, like a marriage thing, like I, there's a covenant, there's like a promise there. So there's a protection there. So then I do think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it'd be odd if right. I had this whole, I mean, smartphones are external brains in so many ways. It's everything. <laughs> so it's like, it is the conversations of lots of people. Yeah. Uh, all these conversations I'm having, it's my, all my appointments, right. it's all these to-do lists, it's these uh, photos of the world around me and videos. Yeah. And it's, so and it's these things I'm collecting and it's the kind of stuff, isn't it the kind of stuff that we would just talk about in the kitchen when we get home or like as we're going past, you know, I talked to so-and-so today mm-hmm. and I did this today and right. I, and but you're learning about more than just the person whose cell phone it is. You're learning about um, the relationships they have with different people based on their text message history, based on the photos, um, based on their Facebook, whatever. In some ways, it's like a dense, my I don't know, dense like a concentrated version of the of all this data about them that makes up their personality. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a slice. You know, it might be a big slice of their experiences to some degree yeah so so like what you know but but maybe we need an app that progressively allows your partner to get more and more (laughs) access to the app over to the phone over time just like getting to know somebody oh so so you want to (laughs) like offload that to an app yeah yeah i want a technology solution for the technology problem about relationships i can see your face from here oh man (laughs) oh man anyway i think it's a good it's it's a a really interesting question and i think um i think every relationship probably it deals with that question at some point and maybe not even uh consciously they may it just may kind of happen like like the the access code you know that just sort of happens you you're like, like it's natural and you it, sort it of happens it. In, in some circumstance where you're like oh yeah you need it you know i i'm driving uh and and my partner is in the passenger exactly, seat, exactly. you know, so that I'm safe. I'm going to let let her, you know, open it up or whatever. I think the one thing, like you have this quote written down, and this is the one thing that might be a problem, where like it's from the Aziz book. And yeah. it's like many people discussed how secretly viewing their partner's texts, interesting, mm-hmm. text, emails, and social media led to them finding incriminating evidence or made them angry or sometimes even ended the relationship. Right. So like real impact. And the key word there seems to be like this secretly mm-hmm. viewing. Like yeah. if I'm looking at my partner's phone in order to find them out, or I'm not going to tell them that I'm looking at that, there's already distrust there, right? Yeah. There's already like, uh, so that's a, this is a way of revealing that distrust, but that clearly is like something different. Yeah. Yeah. And Aziz, talks about just sort of the paranoia that can build up around sort of getting just a glimpse into your partner's smartphone and then wanting to know more. Mm-hmm. And and like again, like you said, it's kind of this trust thing. And and there's a transparency, intimacy, trust. It all kind of like collides right there and uh we really need to think about how do we 
um, how do we navigate that in our relationships? And then finding something out that you don't want to know actually leads into our next thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cheating. Yeah. So that would be like the ultimate thing you wouldn't want to find. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's in some cases, that's why people go to their partner's smartphone. Okay. Cause they want to find out they they want to check in on them. They want to, that they're, they're fearful. Um, and so they start snooping around and checking their text messages. Who are they texting? Who are they Snapchatting? Um, so he tells one story he says uh, about about a couple that had an affair. Um, they worked together and were casual acquaintances. One day he looked her up on Facebook and sent her a message asking, would you like to get a drink sometime? Soon after that, the affair began. Um, and he mm-hmm. says, if, if Facebook didn't exist, I doubt I would have gathered the courage to ask her directly. It made the initial step that much easier, he said. Mm. Uh, the advantages of technology that facilitate regular dating also transfer over to cheating. Um, this includes the ease of escalation, which when engaging in something as scandalous as cheating is quite valuable. Um, so, you know, he's he's just essentially saying like this thing that makes dating easier. And like I, I've used Facebook to like get to know a girl, right? Yeah. Um, also makes it easier to like meet other people that you're not currently dating yeah right yeah and and you end up you know cheating on someone so like it's so that does it make it does it make cheating easier a facebook world i think absolutely i think it does yeah i think that does it make it more tempting do you think if it's easier is it automatically more tempting yeah i think that i think i agree you think it does? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Um, two things. Explain. Well, one, uh, Facebook. I mean, you know, Facebook has a highly visual component. Okay. So I think. Yeah. I've talked to more than one guy that has uh, admitted browsing girls um, mm. on Facebook mm-hmm. and not in a you know sort of looking at oh like she looks cute you know whatever right. something like looking at photos right. and uh, and I think is you this could like do that. creeping. Yeah, creeping on somebody. But we use that like in a way, you know, Facebook stalking will make fun of it. But I think everyone sort of does that. That's the whole point. You look in other people's profiles right. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But like, yeah, looking at an old girlfriend from high school or oh, something yeah. if you're married. Like I think, you know, guy I think women actually you know, admit to this too, like looking at old flings yeah. and there's something there's photos of them and then you're sort of interested and then it's just one click to send a message. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I guess without that technology, we would have it'd be like call, find their phone number and call them in yeah, another city. That would have been so a, such a high barrier work. to entry. People wouldn't do that, you know. Maybe you. Hmm. Um, so I agree that the barriers to entry would it's a lot easier. It's just so much easier to send an initial message at least. Now, whether that leads to right cheating, I think you and I could, we could figure it. We could I don't know, but certainly the easy to start something. Yeah. Yeah, if it makes it more, if it makes it easier, it makes it more likely. And it comes down in part to a question of character, but also a question of um, just not letting yourself go there. Sort of the discipline of of just not even going there. But it's so right there in front of you. So in one, I've noticed that, you know, also Facebook is one thing, but even thinking about text messaging, you know, one of the things that ways it modifies our relationships Right is it is sort of private and one-to-one. Obviously, you can do groups or whatever, but um, uh, probably, you know, think about before sort of private texting, 
the first time you just might meet someone, it might be at a party or at work, and it's just casual when you talk about whatever. And it mm-hmm. takes probably a long time as you're building a relationship before you get to the point where you're like, hey, let's let's just you and me go do something. Yeah, like whether right. it's a date or even it's just a friendship, right. like you usually like you usually see someone in groups for a while. Texting has really changed the ability for that, and especially in relationships. A lot of times people will meet up at a party and then, you know, that night just and not even a, it's yeah. a date or they're not hooking up. It's just like later, like, you know, he texts her and like, hey, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's real common. And suddenly you're starting a more private conversation. No one else is listening mm-hmm. is what I mean. Yeah. Um, you're starting a more, pri- you know, people talk about the internet being public. The real story about the internet is the privacy is being more private. They're starting a private conversation yeah. that, that probably wouldn't be naturally started. It's unusual the way compared to where our culture has been. Yeah. You can start a private conversation very quickly, very earlier in a relationship yeah, absolutely. than it would have been. Yeah. And so now suddenly I have that privacy breeds intimacy. You know, like I used to, you know, I used to be a campus minister and used to give advice to couples. <laughs> and like, um, I'd say stick any you know, I don't know if I like her or that kind of stuff. I'm like, well, you're spending all your time with her. Of course you're starting to like her. Yeah. It's like, it used to call it elevator dating. If you put any two people in an elevator and the elevator sort of stops suddenly, <laughs> right? Like, and you're caught in this elevator and a guy and a girl and they're uh-huh. stuck there for four hours trapped uh-huh. together. They're like, the classic story is they'll fall in love by the end of it because like they, they were yeah. trapped in a situation together and it was very private and they might yeah. not even have known each other, but spending that time together those privacy really creates feelings yeah it's like keanu reeves and sandra bullock and speed (laughs) wow that's exactly the cultural that's exactly where i was going well but it also goes back to the beginning of the book where aziz is in the retirement home and those people are stuck with each other in the same apartment building or in the the same geography like that geography still matters yeah um but the internet has created a new geography, a new landscape. Absolutely. So I want to move on to this question, this sort of hot topic of sexting. Sexting, yeah. Um, if you don't know what sexting is, it's uh, sending sexually explicit uh, images or uh, texts to another person. Yeah. Could be anybody. Um because we're Christians, I think it's worth talking about it in the context of of marriage, where we feel like um, sexuality finds its fullest expression. Um, yeah, exactly. and so, but but so within that context, uh, I wondered: is sexting like a legitimate or healthy way to express intimacy yeah. in a committed relationship? Yeah, it's a new, different way of doing that. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, sexting uh, in the book, they talk about it kind of being over long distances, and they and they say without sexting, um, these long distance relationships would be much harder to maintain and might not even last. Um, mm. And uh, but I could see it. Uh, they they talk about a couple scenarios where um, uh, a guy's going in for an interview. This is strange to me, but he's going in for an interview and he's he's nervous, right? And so his girlfriend sends him some uh, a sex a photo and and it kind of you know it's kind of uh, lighthearted it makes him laugh but it also kind of relieves some of the the anxiety that he has about this interview and I could see that happening yeah. in in a marriage too where sure. you yeah. know she's she's gone to work for the day and you know in the afternoon he goes to an interview and he's nervous like so say she say she sends this to him. Is that like an appropriate, maybe appropriate is not the right word. 
is it a is it a healthy or legitimate form of of intimacy for a couple? It's a hard question. It is a hard question, and I don't I do not know the answer to it. Well, I mean, one thing I know you've brought up is that it's visual, so it's that's different. Yeah, yeah. the The visual component is is huge, and I think um, it because it's visual is inherently objectifying to a degree even though the person is choosing to do that it's still an objectification of of the body or you could think of a photo as capturing beauty which is what also what you know photos have done like you know go to the art museum and see photographers and see landscapes and bodies even yeah and it's beautiful it's like but it's different because it's frozen in time and it's sort of a way to capture that but so that's different than objectifying possibly but yeah, yeah. it's still and and certainly it's within this context of a, of a relationship um where there's there's sort of that commitment and there's an understanding between uh husband and wife um it's just uh i guess that the, there's the the cultural sort of attitude about sexting is that it's a little dirty right and so yeah. we we bring that that mentality to the marriage and we say well a marriage is like a, a place of of sexual purity in some sense and so yeah, yeah. to bring this dirty sort of idea to it feels a little uh discombobulated yeah because it's linked to casual sex or yeah these sort of other things but what we're saying is well wait what if this was in a covenant marriage like, yeah what did the technology do and yeah uh, well and a- you your word casual is an interesting one because I feel like sexting does have a casual feel to it yeah it, in the way that texting is a very casual um way of communicating with but people. like we were just saying also intimate and private like it's yeah very, it's very one to one you know it's, it's true. no one else is listening in so it's it's an interesting i mean but the key to the whole sexting thing of course uh these days is not not in marriage yeah is absolutely. what happens if you break up with yeah those, those sex. yeah what happens that, what happens to your sex if so if like you break jumping up, out if it goes of what down, we were talking if it, about the, if, if the if the relationship goes down burning then you hear with stories about the photos getting and that was your fourth thing right yeah. like this whole breaking up thing with right. smartphones yeah yeah um so after i'd read this book i ran across this article that talked about teens and how they're um interacting uh more and more through social media through um smartphones and how it's actually impacting uh their their interpersonal communication so it just said um you know with smartphones you're not this is this is the research you're not seeing facial expressions or using nonverbal communication so the predominant use of social media may limit the opportunity to practice in-person conversations that are crucial for adolescents particularly boys to develop important skills so they they would really uh-huh centered on uh on teens um and how they're using um social media and, and smartphones um but how does it impact that breaking up does it make breaking up easier because it's less <laughs> awkward well you hear stories about well you hear revulsion stories yeah. right about like they broke up with me with a text yeah but it sort of seems like in his research like people were saying that you know people uh would don't want to be broken up with right. by text, but would break. But that's how breaking, they want to do but it. But consider themselves. would breaking up, right? Yeah. Well, and again, it goes to that casual thing. It feels casual, and so 
when if someone breaks up with me over a text, it feels like I'm just getting blown off. Well, it feels flippant. Well, it feels conflict avoidant in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. But but I mean to argue the counterpoint, like if you've broken up with someone in person, like uh, like you're out for coffee or something, and you've decided in your head you're going to break up with them. I mean, immediately, oh gosh. Well, it can go one of two ways, right? It's a super. Now we're going to have all these memories rushing, but we're going to like yeah. it can be like this talking for forty eight hours, like long epic sort of thing, or it can be sort of. But a lot of times, it's just this. Uh, we're out for coffee. Uh now it's over. Like yeah. we, now we're going to walk away. So we had coffee for ten minutes, then we're done because you have to like you yeah. can't just finish the coffee. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or finish yeah. the dinner. It's sort of the end. So in that way, the more abrupt or the more like let's not drag this out. Thing. texting sort of fits that doesn't it hmm you feel like it's like a quick razor just cuts it off yeah it doesn't require the additional social sort of we have to sit here now for another hour and a half and finish this meal or mm. something i suppose i mean i suppose i don't know i i think it's a terrible way to break up with somebody and uh i i think it 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 just it's too casual um so uh in the book just sort of as an aside uh Popular methods for breaking up, um, uh, 25% said texting, uh, chose texting. Okay. 20% chose social media. So like Facebook or Twitter. I, I hope see. not Twitter. <laughs> that's, that's just I wonder ugly. if they distinguish between private um, or public messages. Anyway. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, for sure. Um, and then uh, 11% said email because then they could, quote, fully explain their reasons. Yeah, and I think email is sort of this leftover, you know, younger generations, according to peer research, use email a lot, but they see it as for schoolwork or for work, or for the last thing is like writing long things. And yeah. so I can see like you're writing the letter. It's almost like the equivalent of sitting yeah. down and writing the letter yeah. out, is like doing the email. Yeah, and it, it, it's much more formal. It's it's thought out if it's longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I mean, I agree with you. I have the revulsion against the, like, don't text to break up. But, you know, you sort of look at the statistics earlier in the book that he had where, you know, something like um, 58% of teens preferred to ask out someone via a text message and only four and four out of five teens thought um, phone, like, asking out was not what they would prefer. Right, like, like right. They don't. And so, like, I don't know if those asking out statistics will eventually bleed into breaking up statistics where the text mm-hmm. message really feels like the best way to do that too. Uh, yeah. I mean, that said, again, I'm going to go back to the casual thing. Like when you ask someone out, it can feel casual. It can feel e- easy and just like you're kind of easing into it casually yeah. with the, with the ask out. But with the breakup, like it's like, Hey, we've spent some time together this thing became something significant and now we're breaking up and it's just like something casual that doesn't feel like it's appropriate to the, the level of, of the relationship. Well, I guess it it would like, has it been four dates or has it been, you know, four years? Like, yeah, that's true. That's sort of matters too, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. Well, this this is such an interesting topic. I'm so glad Aziz, uh, tackled this. I, I mean, I really say, uh, I read it. You listened to it. We both enjoyed it. It was it was a super fast. I actually recommend this book for sure. Yeah, I would totally recommend this book. Um, I think his insights and and it just helps you think through all those dynamics. I would totally recommend it. Um, the the f bombs and sexually explicit humor aside, like it's still a really good book. Um, yeah, to think about culture, think about communication, absolutely and think about how we're relating to each other. Yeah. 
I, I think it's it's super helpful. And and just props to Aziz for like breaking out of the box. This is not like um what you would expect him to do as a comedian. Yeah, this is not a comedian's book. This is a it's, cultural commentator's it, it, observer's book. It totally book. is. Yeah. It, it's it's a cultural comment commentary. It's well researched, but it's funny. And that's what makes it so much fun. Absolutely. No, super no, enjoyable. But we should probably wrap up, but you know, before we wrap up, we gotta do uh vice or virtue. Ah, yes. Yes. And so uh, we do have a, a, a one on the table. Uh, Adam, vice or virtue, here it is. Sidewalks. Sidewalks. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we like to pick a technology. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is technology. <laughs> Sidewalks are technology. Um, I'm so I think, well, here's what sidewalks do. They, they're flat typically unless okay, unless good. you walk around chicago's <laughs> neighborhoods that they're they're flat and even so it's like it's easy on the ankles right um or the, go, or the cankles going somewhere with this yes i'm totally going somewhere with this <laughs> but but if it's easier on your ankles your ankles aren't going to be as strong right so mm. like uneven surfaces would actually over time strengthen your ankles and it'd be healthier for you right so I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go vice. This is a ridiculous answer. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I thought you were gonna do something about how you talked about, you know, the relationship of like city planning and the suburbs and how I the car created all that stuff. I, I do like that stuff a lot. See, I was just gonna say vice because if you step on a crack, um, you break your mother's back. Indeed, and, uh, <laughs> and nothing, <laughs> nothing says we're we're classy like uh, a child's. Aphorism, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it has been the Device in Virtue podcast. Christian thinking about technology and the church. Until next time, good to see you, Adam. Yes, you too, Chris. Hey, let's keep the conversation going. I think it's an argument. Okay. Tweet to us at Device Virtue. And for links and show notes, check us out at deviceandvirtue.com. And do leave us some love by rating us on iTunes. Yeah, please do. This episode was brought to you in part by Wheaton College's M.A. in Humanitarian and Disaster Leadership, which prepares Christian professionals to serve others faithfully and excellently. Called to help people facing disasters, human trafficking, poverty, or displacement as refugees? Visit wheaton.edu hdl.